0: Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. On Tuesday, the parish staff and I went uh, to a conference at the Halifax Convention Center. There are about uh, somewhere between six and 800 kind of Christian pastors and leaders from around the Atlantic region who gathered. And uh, during the day, I was walking through the foyer or the, like the atrium of the Halifax Convention Center when I heard somebody shout, Father Alex, Father Alex. And so I kind of turned to face this mysterious voice and over to me walked a pastor from uh, Salvation Army Church. And he came up to me, he said, are you? The world-famous Father Alex Kaladi, In the flesh, you know. (laughs) He then uh, proceeded to pull out a book from his backpack, and he asked me to sign it for him. Now, some of you know, but most of you probably don't, and even more of you probably don't care at all. But I recently became a co-author of a book, along with Father Simon, and uh, some of you might remember Rob McDowell used to work for St. Benedict Parish, and a priest in Australia, Father Chris Ryan. We wrote a book called Preaching on Purpose, a divine renovation handbook for communicating the gospel today. Now, you may notice my name appears higher than Father Simon's (laughs) on the list of authors, it is, it is in alphabetical order, but I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> now, it's, been, it's been, been a bit of a journey. It took us a year and a half to write this book. We wrote most of it during the pandemic. Um, lots of works, blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, anyway, it was published at the end of September. It's on, uh, on Amazon. It's been really kind of cool. Like, I did, you know, write these things, you don't know what to expect. And uh, it did appear briefly, Uh, Amazon.ca, number one bestseller in both of its categories. Uh, Christian ministry, Christian preachings, very cool, exciting. That happened to be the day my mom bought hundreds of copies. (laughs) But it's been kind of cool just to see, you know, kind of grow legs a little bit, and I found out the Diocese of uh, Sydney, Australia, they ordered 130 copies for their, their clergy. It's been very cool kind of to see that happen. And it's, it's having kind of a bigger impact than I imagined. Uh, for example, a uh, couple weeks ago, I was uh, looking in the fridge and I noticed we had some expired tofu in the fridge. And so I decided to cook that expired tofu. Now it turns out, you know, it's helpful to press tofu before you cook it to get rid of all the moisture, and we don't have a tofu press in our house. And so I made an impromptu tofu press out of the books. So it's having application and impact far greater than I ever expected. Now because of all the time uh, we've spent sort of developing over the years here at St. Benedict, a very particular approach to preaching, a process to preaching, a kind of standard of preaching, it, uh, and, and I'll often evaluate other speakers and preachers through the kind of standard that we've created here. And this is not a necessarily a bad thing but sometimes it can be a bit of a struggle. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but there are probably areas in your own life where you've developed a standard for yourself, for your own work, for your own conduct, for your own behavior at times, that perhaps you expect others to live up to. And when they don't, it can cause a degree of judgment or frustration. Now, in the Gospel, Jesus he kind of issues a bit of a warning about this very kind of thing. When we create our own standards, it can become a way of relying on ourselves, just like the way the standard I set for myself with preaching, the structure, the approach. And I judge other people according to this standard. Jesus, in the gospel, he tells a parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and regarded others with contempt. And so he tells this parable about two men, the Pharisee and the tax collector who went up to the temple to pray. He begins with the Pharisee. Now the Pharisee, he's a religious leader, just kind of like me, he's a man of the law, trying to follow the rules and teachings of of the ancient Jewish faith. I mean, I I don't follow the Jewish faith, I'm Catholic, but um, you, you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, so the Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, right, the other guy in the temple standing nearby. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. So he said he's living by a kind of standard, And now it's not a bad standard. It's kind of the standard of the Jewish scriptures and the teachings. However, we can see quite clearly that there's something wrong in his heart. He's sick on the inside. Now on the outside, he's got it all together. His, His life is neat. It's ordered. It looks good. But on the inside, something is very wrong. He's judging others by an external standard that he himself has set. And if I'm honest, I do this all the time. Again, I do it often when I'm listening to other preachers or speakers. It happened on Tuesday when I was sitting uh, listening to some of the speakers on Tuesday. Uh, We listened to this one guy and then Father Simon, he looked over to me and he's like, what was that guy's main idea? And I said to him, I was thinking exactly the same thing. At other times, I remember a a while ago, I was listening to a Catholic priest deliver a homily. And while he was delivering that homily, I was actively restructuring his message in my head. How I would have laid it out if I were the one preaching the message. Now in the end, I didn't think Father Simon did that bad. God, I thank you that I am not like Father Simon. (laughs) Now, maybe you too have a set of standards by which you are often judging other people around you. Now, contrast that with the tax collector. The tax collector, by contrast, doesn't have it together at all. He's a known sinner. He's a social outcast. He's a reject because he's considered a traitor to his very own people. And so he comes before the Lord in the temple and it says, standing far off, he would not even look up to heaven. He was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. See, he doesn't hasn't believed or trusted in a standard that he set for himself. The only standard he has is the standard of God's mercy. He asks God to be merciful to him, and that's it. That's all he has. That's all he has to bring before God. Nothing, not, not any of his actions, not any of his conduct, not anything about his life, but only to trust and rely in God's mercy. For him. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man, not the other one, not the one who had it all together, he went to his home justified rather than the other. For all who humble themselves will be exalted, and all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. One was pleasing to God, and the other wasn't. Now, I don't know about you, but when I die, I want them to write, He was humble on my statue. What's, what's the point? What am I trying to say? Great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> the point is this. Yeah, does God care about how we live our lives? Of course he does, right? And he's got a standard, he's got the teachings, he's got the law of the church, he's got all these things. But far more than what we look like on the outside, Far more, God cares less that we have it all together, that we're living neat and tidy lives, that we check all the boxes and that everything looks good. What he cares about is the human heart. And that is the fundamental standard by which God judges, not the standards of men, but the standard of the human heart. Are we willing to recognize and acknowledge that in front of God, we are nothing? We have nothing. We can offer nothing. And what we need more than anything else in this life is God's mercy, His grace, His strength, His peace. Some of you disqualify yourselves from church, from faith, From approaching God because you feel like you have to have it all together before you'll come before him. And it's precisely the opposite. God is saying you don't have to have it all together. In fact, I see through all of the facades and all of the, 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 the masks that we, we, we put on, the, the false images we present to make ourselves acceptable and pleasing to the people around us, and I see your hearts. I know that on the inside you feel weak and broken, I know that uh, you feel like you have nothing to give and nothing to offer. And that's okay. Because I choose you. You qualify. And that's it. We don't have to have anything to offer. All we have to do is ask, God have mercy on me, a sinner. God loves a humble heart. That's all that he wants. Now, one of the best ways that I know we can grow in the gift of humility is by serving the people around us. By serving the needs of others. Why? Because it orients our attention away from ourselves to the people around us. That's part of the reason why we've been in this preaching series, pick up an or inviting people into ministry to serve others. Because in this myopic world in which we live, we're so focused on ourselves and what we need and what we desire. We need to constantly be reminded that this life is not about ourselves. It's about serving God and the people around us. That's why it's part of uh, what we call our game plan, which is sort of a, the journey of the disciple. And there's all these kind of different elements. Um, and service, serving others, plays a key role in our, in our mission of making disciples here at St. Benedict. Last week, we gave people an inv- invitation to sign up. In ministry, I was blown away by the response. Like, this parish, you guys are amazing. You're so generous with your time. We had over 80 people sign up last week. Uh, to get involved in ministry on top of the over 500 people who already serve in a regular basis in this church. It's amazing. You got constantly exceeding my expectations and blowing me away. It's awesome. And now anyone, if you weren't here last week and you're looking for an opportunity, you're like, yeah, I want to serve too. I want to play a role. I want to pick up an oar. uh You can talk to me after Mass, Father Simon. You can go to the Next Step Center. Uh, you can go to our website. We're always looking for more people to serve in their gifts and to step up and offer their gifts in serving others. Jesus said, right, I am among you as one who serves. He said... The Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. And as disciples of Jesus, we want to imitate him by following him, living like him, and loving like him. Now, it's not just a question of whether a person is a Pharisee or the tax collector. In fact, you know, often the the tendency or the temptation is to think of the people, oh yeah, this person, they're a Pharisee. I can think of this judgmental person. And that in itself is to become like the Pharisee, right? Who said, thank you God that I am not like the tax collector. The question is, where in my life and in my heart do I live like the Pharisee. Where is the Pharisee in me? And to bring and expose those areas of our heart and our life to the truth of God. Now it's true that I will often get critical and judgy of other people, especially when it comes to preaching. But the truth is more often I feel weak I feel insecure I feel broken in fact one of the areas in my life where I feel most consistently desperate and weak is when I'm preparing to preach even today I uh, like honestly I I got up here I hate this (laughs) I hate everything I've said (laughs) I do I feel insecure. I feel like I have nothing to give. I I will often spend hours in prayer begging God for the grace to have something to say because I feel uninspired. I feel like I have nothing to offer and nothing to give. And there's a prayer I often make that I heard another priest say that I've made my own. Lord, I am nothing. I have nothing. And I can do nothing. But Lord, if you can use nothing, use me. And I wonder perhaps if that's why God's given me this an opportunity to, to be here, to preach, to write a book with Father Simon and others, not because I think I have something to say, but precisely because I don't think I have anything to say at all. And I think God can use that. And God can use anyone who's willing to admit that they don't have anything because God can use that person and so if you feel weak and inadequate in an area of your life, if you feel like you're not equal to the task of being a husband or wife, a mother or father, if you're, if you're scared and overwhelmed by the things that are happening at work or, the, or your life in general, they're just things you do not feel equal to the task, I want you to know that's actually good. Because God can use that if we ask him. God is waiting in the place in your life where you feel weakest and most vulnerable to pour out his mercy, just like he did on the tax collector. And I think that's what he wants for us here at St. Benedict. I think he wants a weak church, a broken church, a church full of sinners. Because that kind of church is radically reliant on God and his grace. A church full of people who may not feel like they don't have anything to offer. And yet they say yes because they believe that God can use them anyway. God can use you. So come see what God can do through you. Pick up an oar, and let's let God make this parish come explosively alive. Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.